Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 64. Today we're going to talk winners and losers from the past week of NFL action and then review some of the games of the week coming up. My name is Cyrus and I have my co-hosts Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me. How are you guys doing on this beauteous day? Well, Casey might be doing a little better than me because Packers kicked my Niners ass. But, you know, it's, uh, it's all right. Life goes on. Well, yeah, it you know that was enjoyable, but you know, I, it's it, it only feels partially good because that was not a full 49ers team. So, uh hopefully you're full strength and get into the playoffs somehow and then we beat the shit out of you then and then I'll I'll feel a little bit better, but uh I'll take what I can get. I, I won <laughs> two of my fantasy leagues, which is, you know, not the norm anymore. So, that was also exciting. I'm I'm in the I'm in the hunt. You know, I'm not uh leading my division, but you know that little graphic that uh you know the broadcast put up for the the in the hunt teams you know i'm right there so that's all i can ask and uh you know we're gonna have a, a, a strong home stretch for the gardner wind shoes and uh make some noise in the playoffs hopefully yeah and that, that that's your fantasy name that you're referring to the gardner wind shoes yeah i mean everybody knows that it's the best team name that there is mm, okay yeah i don't know I, I prefer Ertz wins and fire personally i think that's not bad yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I have good. Ertz and Wentz. You don't even have. I mean, Gardner Minshew is not even playing anymore. So, well, Ertz and Wentz have barely even played together in general this year. So, touche, touche. <laughs> let's let's move on here. Let's let's uh, get going. Let's get into the action. Um, interesting week last week. I think there's a lot of things to go over, and there's some interesting storylines. Uh, namely, you know, you look at this last uh, primetime game, not uh, fun, and then the previous primetime game. I think we all picked incorrectly with Tom Brady uh, <laughs> shitting yes. the proverbial bed. Oh, um, so we'll dive into all that and, and, and more. But let's start with winners. Casey, run us by your winner of the week. Uh, what what made you pick them and, and why and, and all that good stuff? Yeah, I picked the Miami Dolphins. And Tua Tungavailoa played a very, very good game against Kyler Murray. Um, I think if... You know, those two guys were in the same conference. That would almost be like a Brady-Manning kind of pairing that uh, we would look forward to. But, you know, since they're in the AFC and the NFC, we may only get that matchup once every four years. Maybe they'll meet in the Super Bowl at some point. But that was that was an awesome game to watch back and forth the whole time. Um, but really what's almost impressed me more than Tua is that Dolphins defense. Uh, they've only allowed 161 points this year. Uh, which is about 20 points a game. Very good defense travels. And if they can continue to play well and support Tua as he sort of gets ingrained in the NFL and learns the speed of the game, they're going to be tough to beat as the season goes on. And they have very winnable games for the next four weeks. And then they they play the Chiefs, I believe. So, uh, you know, they're going to be right in the thick of things at the end of the season, I think. And uh, considering how bad they were for the first seven games or so last year, when we were all saying, you know, this is a a college team that's trying to play in the NFL. And now all of a sudden they're, they're in the playoff hunt and they have one of the best defenses in the league. It's a credit to Flores and what he's done. And uh, very impressed with that team overall. They're playing well in all phases. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Uh, like you said, they have an easier schedule coming up. They should at worst go 3-1 and one in their next four games. They could go 4-0. No. But just go 3-1 and one, and that gives you eight wins heading into the home stretch which means you should be a playoff team, especially with the uh, expansion of seven, now possibly eight teams uh, per conference. So Miami looking good. I don't think they're 
actual Super Bowl contenders yet, and that wasn't their goal. Their goal was to get better uh, week in and week out. That's what they're doing. Defense, playing lights out. Tua, struggled week one, looked great last week. Uh, but yeah, they're good. The, 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 like you said, I think either last week or in our text message uh, chain that the Bills reign on top of the AFC East might be short-lived because these Dolphins are legit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hot, hot take time from me here. And I think <laughs> oh, you know yeah. where this is oh, headed. I don't, I don't really need to... Uh, it's not, there's not much suspense with this one, but I think the Dolphins might be the best team in the AFC East right now at, at this current time. Mm. Yes, the Bills played mm. well, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, against the Seahawks which every team seems to play well against the Seahawks but uh, the the Dolphins look good man Tua if he can play like he played this past week I mean he was very efficient didn't turn the ball over I I I was very impressed you know the defense like you mentioned Casey was good but I think for Tua to come out as a rookie quarterback you know all the storylines are about Joe Burrow and and Herbert and you know I'm sure he's feeling the pressure like these guys are playing well I got to prove myself as well and he's playing well and they're they won a tough game I mean Kyler Murray literally did everything he could to win this game for the Cardinals. He had a phenomenal game. He had 100 rushing yards, three touchdowns. I think he had almost 300 yards passing, 80% on on completion rate. Like, the dude Mm -hmm. did everything to win this game, and the Dolphins still pulled it out. So, I don't know. I'm going to say it it may be early, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think the Dolphins might be the best team in the AFC East right now. It's definitely not the Patriots anymore. No, God, no. Well, (laughs) I I, I think the Bills are still pretty firmly – in first place they're i don't know firmly firmly uh, they they I, they've got they've got a, a solid grip I, I mean i think the the dolphins are ascending and i think next year they definitely could be especially with the texans picks i mean they have two first rounders and two first second rounders next year um but remember how good the seahawks team has has been this year and the the amount of points that they've scored and that B- buffalo defense which has a reputation of being very good is, is sort of middling this year uh but they forced russell wilson into maybe his worst game in like the last five years i mean four turnovers from russell wilson confused him and then scored 44 points on top of that like that is talk about a good performance that's that's a statement performance by the bills saying yep. like hey we're, we're still the top dogs at least for this year well, well, I mean, we'll we'll dive into that. I think one of our games of the week has the Bills, and we could talk a little bit more on that. I have some some thoughts um, and some. I'm opinions. sure you but do. But you know what? This this Miami Dolphins it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a hot take if it wasn't universally agreed. So that thank is you true. for the the banter and back and forth on that. But let's move on to the next winner, Durgan. You want to you want to run us through yours? Yeah, I uh, kind of cheated because I didn't really see. Well, I saw one clear cut winner, and that was the Dolphins. But Casey took that, so I went outside the box here. I went with teams that need a quarterback this offseason are huge winners, especially after this weekend. Uh, looking at the college ranks, there's some studs coming up. You have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance, knew all those guys before the year, but a few more contenders have showed up. Zach Wilson, BYU, Florida's, Kyle Trask, Alabama's, Mac Jones, all could be first-rounders. Be the first time since 1983 that six quarterbacks win the first round, and there's a great chance I think that happens. Uh, Kyle Trask, and in case he, he watched that game, so he's a big Kyle Trask, yeah. Trask fan guy now. He's kind of a little bit of a diet Joe Burrow, in my opinion, where he gets the ball out on time, really accurate. Uh, you have uh, Zach Wilson, like I mentioned. He's a more mobile guy, and they call him the Mormon Manziel. I didn't create the nickname, but that's what they call him. He kind of played like Johnny Manziel without the attitude issues and a little bit taller. And then you have Mac Jones, who throws a great deep ball. So that's six legitimate quarterbacks. Uh, Tom McShay, ESPN, has them all as top 30 prospects. 
So if, if he says that, then there's actual hype around these guys. Uh, the newest thing is you want young quarterbacks on a rookie deal and save money at other positions. So I think you're going to see all six guys in the first round, and all of them could be very good players down the line. And you know what that could mean for the Jets if they end up with the first pick? It, it might mean that people aren't going to really come knocking for Sam Darnold. If there's all these prospects yeah. hanging mm-hmm. around and they're fine being taking the, the sixth guy, you know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be that much of a market for, for Sam Donald. And that's, you know, I think he's a very good quarterback and, and just needs a new uh, change of scenery here. But, um, yeah, I'm very impressed with all those guys. Ian, uh, Ian Book also played pretty well for, for Notre Dame, your guy. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of quarterbacks. And, you know, who's not going to draft a quarterback? The Green Bay Packers, because they already took one <laughs> last year. Hey, listen, never say never, man. If you want to be a quarterback factory, you know, quarterback factory like the Eagles, then you got to take one, right? Um, no, but yeah, if you, if, yeah, you can't. You just can't. Your fan base would riot. Anyways, um, I don't really have any specific thoughts on that other than it would be interesting and I'd be excited to be a bad team this year because there's a lot. You, I mean, you have your pick of the litter as far as uh, potential franchise quarterbacks. So good year to need a quarterback. And uh, there's some pretty bad teams that do. So we'll see what the Jets do in particular. But um, let's move on. I, I'm going to sort of do a two for one and we can round robin it backwards to you guys. But I'm going to give you my winner and then I'm going to give you my loser since they're on the they, they basically played in the same game. And uh, my winner is Casey's third favorite, second favorite team. I don't know. He has so many. On the AFC the, team? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe your favorite. Yeah. AFC team. But the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, I, I think this team is sneaking up on a lot of people. They're, in my opinion, one of the better teams in the AFC. Um, they they beat the Chargers. They barely beat the Chargers, as most most teams do, barely beat the Chargers. Um, <laughs> but the, the Raiders are sneaking up on people. They don't get a ton of buzz, but they're 5-3, and three, despite having played a pretty tough schedule. I mean, a lot of the teams they played are, are bona fide contenders and uh, playoff locks. We talk about New Orleans. We talk about Buffalo, who they lost to. We talk about Kansas City, who they beat. They beat New Orleans, by the way, as well. We talk about Tampa Bay. I mean, they beat Cleveland. They just beat the Chargers, who have been playing competitively. So I think this team is poised to make a playoff run, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. They're they're relatively well-rounded, and they're still figuring things out. But I like what uh, Gruden's done with this team this year. You guys have any thoughts on the Raiders before I take it to the flip side? Yeah, well, they better make the most of this year because they're going to keep uh, breaking pro- COVID protocols and lose all their, their draft picks. <laughs> so they're going to sacrifice the future to gain an advantage this year. But you're right. I mean, that offense is, is clicking a lot a lot more than we saw last year. Derek Carr is doing an, an awesome job, 110 passer rating on the year, I think, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, and that's, that team is, is starting to play well. I mean, it's even it's it's a close close win against the Chargers, but they held on and they made the plays that they needed to at the end, and and they got the job done. So I, I think if if all those guys stay healthy, I think if Josh Jacobs stays healthy, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, if those three can can continue to perform like they are, like they're a tough out, man. Uh, they they play good fundamental offense and they can grind people out. And uh, don't sleep on them. My my third. I don't know. I like the Bills. I like the Dolphins. I like the Raiders. Titans. I like the Titans. Jesus. I'll leave it at those four. Those four. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the Steelers or the Colts. I'll give you those. Fair. Derek, you got any thoughts on this before I move on? No. No. Move on. Raiders. Cool. Sounds good. Move on. 
Thank you. Let's go. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into my loser first, just because it's it fits well within this. And my loser for the week is the Chargers and their cursed organization. Um, both the Raiders and the Chargers have been outscored by exactly 11 points over the course of this season. If you take in the, the total point count on the season, uh, but Las Vegas after Sunday is five and three, and the Chargers are two and six. And that's just the Chargers' way. That's like that's what they're known for now. They've lost six games this season by a single score. Um, they lost to the Super Bowl Chiefs, Super Bowl winning Chiefs by three points in overtime. They lost to the Saints, uh, were tied for the best record in the NFC last year by three points in overtime. They led in the fourth quarter against the uh, Buccaneers, but eventually lost by seven. Uh, they weren't they weren't losing just to good teams by close margins too. They were also losing to bad teams by close margins. They lost to the Panthers by five. They lost to the Broncos by a last second touchdown. Uh, Drew Locke did his thing, you know, I, it's, it's, we discussed this before, but it's at this point, I mean, it's, you can't call it anything but a curse. And, and Sunday might've been the most crushing defeat of them all, to be honest, trailing 31 to 26. The chargers had basically two shots to win this game. And they both, both of them look like they did to me. Like when I saw it live, I was like, Oh, the chargers got it. And it was twice. It was to Mike Williams, uh, fade in the end zone seemed to have ca- caught it, but he didn't It, it hit the ground. And then it was to, I don't even know the guy's name, Donald, I'd never heard of this guy, Donald Parham Jr., third yeah, string like tight end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know end. why he's out there on a potential game-winning drive, uh, play, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and Herbert, all the meanwhile, is balling out. So the Chargers have a lot to look forward to, but you can't ignore this historical loss streak. This is nothing new. The Chargers have been doing this since 1970. They are second in the league in one possession losses as, as a franchise, just behind the Lions, a team that has lost significantly more total <laughs> oh, games than the Chargers. So they have a, a larger sample size, right? There's more losses, so there's more opportunity for one-score losses. But the Chargers are better at losing close games than any team probably in NFL history, and it's an unfortunate time to be a Chargers fan. Um, and, I mean, some sort of change needs to happen in, in that organization. Yeah, yeah. I saw, go for it, Casey. I was just gonna say I saw a stat on Reddit that said like they they lost forty one score games since twenty fifteen. Yep. So that's five exactly. years. Yeah, yep. forty games, man. That's what. What is that like eight eight a year? If my math yeah. is correct, that's fucking nuts. That is that's nuts. insane. And it's the most they've lost the most one score games since twenty ten. Second most in franchise history, but. Yeah, it, it, this is their thing now, and it's the worst thing to be known for. <laughs> it is, and you have to think Anthony Lynn is not long for being a L.A. Charger head coach. Yeah, when, when you lose this many games and the way they lose them, it's all coaching. And it's the way that they do it as well. It's like they have a lead, and then they just like let the team win or have bad play calls. Like, why not throw the ball at Keenan Allen? No, I want to throw yeah. Donald Parnum Jr. or whatever his name is. So yeah, you got a Anthony Lynn. I like him as a guy, like him as a coach, but um, it's not happening. It's not happening anymore. Yeah, it's so odd, dude. Different regimes, different quarterbacks, different coaches. It's the same pattern remains. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's why I called it a curse. But we'll we'll see. Chargers need to do something and do something quick. And but the future's bright with Herbert. So that's that's one. Uh, there's a yep. light at the end of the tunnel with that. So that's good. Um, let's move on to one of your losers. Who wants to go? I'll let you guys pick. Mine's pretty cool. quick because it's a team that we all have seen play. It has the Chicago Bears. Uh, you just look at their offense. Their offense sucks. It might be the worst <laughs> offense in the entire league. I mean, even the Jets show more life on offense than they do. Uh, their best player is Allen Robinson. He's a free agent after this year. Why in the hell would he come back? 
He has no reason to come back. I all the money in the world could not make me watch or play in this uh, Chicago Bears offense. And it's so weird because two years ago, Matt Nagy was like the mastermind. Like he was dialing up great plays, a lot of motion, a lot of cool things. And this year it's, okay, we're going to hand the ball off to David Montgomery. Our offense line can't block because so he's going to go one yard. We'll do that again. And then we're in third and eight. Like what are you guys doing? So um, they're frustrating to watch. I mean, there still might be a playoff team. They're, they're somehow five and three. But they're going to be good enough to miss out on the top elite players. Uh, they could get a guy in the mid-first round, round. A lot of options, like I mentioned earlier. But, man, this offense is more than a quarterback away from being good. Yeah, I think last year I, I said my the job security for Nick Foles is, uh, it was my loser. But uh, apparently uh, Mitch Trubisky had one play in their game last week and kept it on a read option got and hurt. got hit and got hurt. So uh, now it is officially Foles' job for the next few weeks at least because Trubisky is, is injured. Um, so congrats to him, I, I guess. This might be the last opportunity he gets to be a starting quarterback. But uh, yeah, you know, I've seen a few Bears games. They've had a couple of primetime games and I wish I didn't watch them because they, uh, they were something to put you to sleep. Um, but the, the the defense is fun to watch. They fly around. They're they're the only reason that team is moderately competitive. Um, so props to them for for continuing to fight. They just did. I feel bad for Allen Robinson and uh, you know the ten tight ends that they have on their roster. Jimmy Graham is actually doing decently for them, better than he was with the Packers. So uh, I guess he's rolled back the clock like two years. So he still has you know a little bit of juice in his legs, but. Uh, there's not really that much more to say about him. Yeah, uh, I, I pretty much agree with, with the sentiments that you guys have, have uh, mentioned here. I'm going to tie in Durgan's winner to his loser, though, and I'm going to say the Bears should have traded Allen Robinson before the deadline. They should have mm-hmm. kind of committed to this the fact that this season is lost. Uh, even if you do make the playoffs, you're probably going to be the worst or second worst team to make the playoffs, whoever in the NFC East might be the worst. But... Um, it it was probably a key decision at that point to tank, in my opinion. And if if it's still a possibility because it is such a deep quarterback class, but if there's a guy you're eyeing, I think you had to to make that happen. And and look, Matt Nagy is a great coach, in my opinion. I think he's a great offensive mind. We've seen him do well with not much. He made Mitch Trubisky a Pro Bowler, which I don't know that anyone else really. It takes a lot, in my opinion, to do that, but. He needs, at the end of the day, some semblance of a franchise quarterback, and they're really grasping at straws here, trading for Nick Foles, trying to start Mitch Trubisky. I mean, they're indecisive, which to me shows that they need somebody, uh, and they need somebody soon who they can groom into their guy, and uh, they don't have that now. So we'll see. I think the draft will be very interesting for Chicago. If they don't have a good position, I could see them as a trading up, uh, a candidate for trading up. For sure. I agree. Casey, let's go to your loser. Who do you got? as the loser yeah tampa bay um might have just uh preferred to have stayed home and not showed up to the game against the saints we talked about it a little bit earlier but uh you know that ab curse has struck the the buccaneers did not show up against the saints they got fucking mauled by the new orleans saints who looked like they are sort of back to being the cream of the crop in the nfc um but the Buccaneers have now played like butt against the Giants the week before and barely won because Daniel Jones couldn't complete a, a simple pass on time. Um, and really, since they, they destroyed the Packers, they, they have been very up and down and very inconsistent, especially on offense. Um, 
and even in the in the game against the Packers, they only had about 300 yards of offense. They just had a ton of short fields with our turnovers and and our poor offense on, for the Packers. Um, we we thought sort of they were starting to turn the corner in that game, and it looks like you know they're they're still a wildly inconsistent team, and you know that's not a good indicator, uh, especially for a, a team that has Super Bowl hopes. Uh, you can't play amazing one week and then bad the next week because once you get to the playoffs, you do that, you go home, and that's the end of it. Um, so I'm not really sure. It seems like they have all the weapons on offense, but they're they're just not producing. And uh, I think at this stage in the season, everyone's like, oh, it's going to take time for that offense to get going. But it's, you know, this is week 10 now we're going into. So if you haven't figured it out now, this might just be what you are. And uh, Antonio Brown can only help so much. I think they saw Antonio's Brown arrival as, uh, okay, we're going to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. And that's what it seemed like. They just didn't run the ball at any point during this game. And that's not how Tom Brady is going to win. He's 43 years old. His arm isn't as strong as once was. Uh, they still have to run the ball well and then use play action. Uh, use short, intermediate routes, get the ball out of his hand quickly. And I don't know why they had Chris Godwin play. I mean, he guys had his whole hand taped pretty much that game. Uh, it is weird. They're totally out of sync. He's trying to force the ball into people's hands. I think eventually they will figure it out because their offense was looking good up until this week. Uh, but they laid, laid an egg, totally. And the Saints now have a huge uh, advantage, tiebreaker over the Bucks for that uh, division crown. So Tampa Bay's road to the playoff versus Super Bowl actually got a lot harder. Yeah, you you nailed it right there, Durgan. I, you know I'm going to say? I picked the Bucks last week. I think we all did, actually, now that I think back yeah. on it. Yep. Um, but I'm really glad the Saints won because I think this division now is a lot more exciting as a whole. I mean, the Saints are 6-2, and the Bucks are 6-3 and three now, right? So this will be a fun race. I'm not ready to count the Bucks out completely. They are they laid an egg. They shit the bed, for lack of a better term. But they are still a great team on paper, and they've, we've seen that in spurts throughout the season, and they wouldn't be 6-3 and three if they weren't a good team and you know uh, I've, I don't know if I've seen as bad of a game from Tom Brady as we did this past week this might be the worst game that he's ever played like I'm not even kidding I don't know I, I have to go look obviously I'm not like following Tom Brady game to game but <laughs> I can't remember I mean in recent history a game where he threw three interceptions and 200 yards and no touchdowns um, and a lower completion percentage than we normally see so I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but this team just spiraled sort of out of control. I mean, they had five total rushing attempts. They were behind almost the entire, pretty much the entire game. They were just behind and, and trying to play catch up, and they, they couldn't get a single thing going. So um, reason for concern, maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. But next week will be a get-right game for them against Carolina, and they'll really have to come out and, and, and uh, prove that. Because Carolina, while they're not great, still solid. So uh, I don't know. I'm picking. I'll give you a sneak peek on my. This is not a game of the week, but if you want to get one up on me in the pick 'em, I'm picking Carolina. They they've played a, a few a number of teams very very tough. They almost beat the Chiefs last week. Uh, that that offense is no joke. And if the Bucks don't show up, they'll beat them. Cool. There you go. <laughs> uh, hot take. Now you know. There's my hot take for that is a, that's a good hot take. I, I like the I like the Panthers, but I I mean spoiler for my pick, I'll probably pick the Bucks. So that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, to keep I know. An eye on. 
Well, I got. Um, I'm trying to catch Durgan here as the main. Uh, I'm the trying main to catch goal. you. I'm, so I'm, I can't pick. Yeah, I'm picking the Bucks. <laughs> I'll pick the Bucks. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, all right. So that covers it for our winners and losers of the week. Let's transition here and dive into some of our game picks, some of our games for the week. The first matchup we have coming up is Durgan's Colts versus Casey's Titans. Fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a Thursday night game, I believe. So that's yes. exciting that there's actual decent uh, a decent matchup on that. Now I'll actually have to you know rush home and watch it. Um, but I, I I've said it all year. I just do not believe in Felipe Rios. Um, he he was a non-factor in the Ravens game. They couldn't move the ball on offense when the run game wasn't working. T. Y. Hilton has like fallen off a cliff. He's been hurt, but like mm-hmm. he's been invisible this entire year. And and Rivers is really not a quarterback that can get him the ball because T. Y. Hilton's a deep threat, and Rivers just doesn't have the deep ball in him really at, at this point in his in his career. Um, they they. I just don't believe in them, you know, and the Titans uh, really dominated the Bears. It took a little while for them to get going on offense, but uh, we we talked about the Bears offense being anemic, but the Titans defense played well and really kind of shut them out for most of that game until it was garbage time. Um, and if uh, the Titans can wear down that Bears defense, which is really good, they can wear down that Colts defense, which is also really good. Um, so I'm going to take the Titans 23 to 10 uh, and, uh, hoping my boy Tannehill has another good game because he's fun to watch when he's in the zone. Yeah, I mean, I also got the Titans, 27-24. The Colts are the third-best rush defense in the league, and uh, numerically-wise, have a better defense than the Bears, uh, which is kind of surprising because the Bears, we assume, have better players, better defense. No, Colts are playing lights out defensively, played really well against Lamar and the Ravens, but... um, they're not good enough right now offensively, and that's their Achilles heel, in my opinion. And in a short week, I'm going to take a team that's at home with an established identity like the Titans. Uh, A.J. Brown's a touchdown machine, and Rivers is due for a Rivers moment. I mean, he's going to throw an interception, whether it's uh, an actual interception, like we saw with Marcus Peters or not. <laughs> but he's, yeah. he's going he's to screw up, and that's what he does. Um, Titans are doing a great job of getting to the quarterback, but since Rivers doesn't scare you, I think they'll blitz a lot, uh, try to be creative and make uh, anybody besides Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, the running backs, beat you. That's going to be Philip Rivers, and I can't trust him right now. Yep. I mean, you guys covered it. I really don't even have anything additional to add other than that I agree, Durgan. The Colts' defense is legit, but I think the Titans are also legit, just sort of all around. I think this is a well-balanced team. Um, and I trust Tannehill and Derrick Henry more than Rivers and his supporting cast. So I got to take the Titans in this one, 24 to 17, um, winning by a touchdown. Let's move on to our next game of the week. We got the Bills at Cardinals. Casey. Yeah, I've been a little bit on and off of the, the Bills bandwagon here the last couple of weeks because they've been a little up and down. Um, but I'm back on this week and I'm going to take the Bills over the Cardinals. I think this is going to maybe be even be like the game of the week. This is maybe the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, but that was a very impressive win for Buffalo. Um, you know, scoring 44 points, even if it's the worst defense in the world, you still got to score the points. You, you got to make sure you, you, you don't have penalties and you don't shoot yourself in the foot. And, and that's what they did. They forced Wilson into making mistakes. Um, 
And even if their defense isn't, you know, all world, they're they're doing enough to to generate turnovers for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen did a great job against the blitz for, from Seattle because Seattle blitzed the shit out of him. They were like, you know what, we can't cover, so we're just gonna hope we can get to you in time and make you run around and and make plays. And Josh Allen was able to do it for the most part. Um, there were a couple plays where he was a little frazzled and and couldn't escape and and make a play with his legs, but. Um, he, he did a good job against the blitz, knew where his outlets were and, and where to attack when the, when the, the Seahawks did blitz him. So um, I think the Bills can, can score with any anyone in this league. It's it's just, uh, you know, Josh Allen has to play well, and, and Stephon Diggs looks like a, 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 I don't know if it's a steal, but he, he's, he's a stud for them and, and mm-hmm. definitely worth that first-round pick. So I'm going to take the Bills 37-33. to 33. I think it's going to be a game – that whoever has the ball last will win. And um, I'm going to pick the Bills 31-30. The Cardinals are a little too inconsistent for my liking, and their pass defense isn't strong. Uh, banged up in the secondary, and without Chandler Jones, they don't have a strong enough pass rush, I think, to give Allen any serious problems. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Kyler Murray looks like a stud. He is who he is what people think Lamar is. He's a better athlete, better arm, little too much turnovers for my liking. That's one thing Lamar is better at than him. But uh, he's a stud. Great player. I think he's going to rush for 80 yards this game. Over 80 yards. It'll be a shootout. But um, ultimately the Bills is more consistent, more experienced. Give me them. All right. Well, so, uh, okay. Kyler Murray, better <laughs> better thrower? Yes. Better athlete? No. Than Lamar Jackson. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Uh, Way better athlete. No, no, no. False. Yeah. False. Uh, love the guy. Even though he, he took a first-round pick away from the A's, essentially, which is my baseball team. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Kyler Murray's a baller. Love him for sure. So, this game, listen, I'm expecting Josh Allen to <laughs> regress to the mean. I say it every, every time. Go. I say it uh-huh. every time. I am not expecting a 400-yard game from Josh Allen again this game. And listen, Seattle, while they have a good record, almost all of their games have been shootouts, high-scoring affairs, 30 points plus from both teams. Arizona, not the case. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't know that the Bills put up enough points to win this game. I like Arizona's defense more than I like Seattle's. Is it elite? No. But is it better than Seattle? Most are. So I... I, I don't know. I'm I'm leaning Cardinals on this one, and I think the bit, the X factor is Kyler Murray. I think he has a bigger impact in this game um, than people will expect, and I'm going to take the Cardinals in a close one, 30-27. Also, fun fact, this is a battle of the only two teams who have beaten Seattle, so it'll be interesting to see who wins mm. this one. Yeah. There you let's, go. Let's, uh, speaking of Seattle, let's go on to the next game of the week. We got the Seahawks at the Rams in an NFC West uh, division matchup. Yeah, I... This is going to be a good division game, and if the Rams want to stay in contention for the division crown, they've got to win this game, and I that's exactly what I expect them to do. Um, that might be a little bit uh, against the grain of a, of a pick, but we saw how bad that Seahawks defense was last week, and I, I think the Rams are sort of primed to, off of a bye week, exploit that. And, um, you know, I... I I don't know that the Rams have been incredibly consistent, especially in on the ground with their running attack, and you sort of need that to build the offense and, and do what they want to do. Um, but like Cyrus said earlier, is that the Seahawks are in shootouts every week, and if you play that style of football, you're gonna 
you know, it's if you make a mistake, you're you're gonna expose yourself to losing, and it's not a sustainable way to to string together wins. So uh, for that reason, I trust the Rams' defense to make a play and either force Russell Wilson into making a mistake or force a fumble. Um, more than I trust the Seahawks to make a play on defense and force Goff into a turnover. So for that reason, I'm taking the Rams 30 to 24. Well, I am not picking the Rams. I am picking the Seahawks uh, 38 27. I'm not a huge fan of the Rams, to be honest. Talk about it all year, actually. Uh, the, Se- <laughs> the Seahawks, terrible loss this week. They'll bounce back. Russell Wilson had four turnovers. That might never happen again, uh, to be honest. And then we have Chris Carson coming back. If Chris Carson is back, or even Carlos Hyde is back, huge boost for that offense. Give him much more balance, better uh, dump-off option than DJ Dallas was. The Rams' corners, outside of Jalen Ramsey, who is good, overrated, but good, are not great. Uh, historically, Wilson puts up great numbers against the Rams, but he's only like 500 in his life against them. So that's pretty crazy, something to keep note of. Uh, but as you see, good offenses beat good defenses. Rams have a good defense, but Wilson's too much. He gets back on track, 38-27. I'm going to say the unthinkable here. I agree with Durgan. Hey! <laughs> I honestly, look, I think you guys did a really good job kind of explaining the ins and outs of both sides and made a good case on each side of that. But I got to pick the Seahawks mainly because I, I think Russell Wilson is more reliable than Jared Goff. Jared Goff's a good quarterback, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's more of a product of, of the system that he's in, and I think Russell Wilson... Um, is a transcendent talent and can put this team on his back, and he's done it, essentially. Uh, You know, the only thing I can see, Aaron Donald needs to have, like, four sacks, and then I think the Rams win this game. But otherwise, I'm going to say the Seahawks' offense is too much for this Rams' defense, which is good but not elite, in my opinion. And I'm going to pick the Seahawks, 35, Rams, 28. All right. We got our last game of the week. The most exciting game with the most exciting teams in our toilet bowl. We got the Washington football (laughs) team at the Detroit Lions. Casey, talk us through why you're most excited for this game over all the other ones that we talked about. Well, I just saw this very exciting headline that Akib Tlaib is going to be doing color commentary uh, for this game. So if you're... what you know want to hear his thoughts on the game his intricacies of you know how to snatch a chain most effectively you can tune into this game and it's going to be a a fantastic exciting explosive matchup um between the washington football team and the lions are they giving him a test run essentially like did they pick a game that they were like you know what the viewers might there might not be that nobody's gonna watch this yeah Yeah. you so even if you mess up It'll be okay. That's funny. Um, so uh, I think the guy has a podcast or something. So maybe he's well-spoken and, and can uh, do a good job. But we'll see. I actually might. Well, well, I'll watch Red Zone. I'll be realistic. I'm not going to tune into that game on purpose. But uh, I'm sure I'll hear a little bit of his thoughts. Um, I'm going to take the Lions, though. It, it really kind of depends on to, to me whether Stafford plays. Um, he left the game with a concussion late in the game last week. And um, they do have Chase Daniel, who is a solid backup, um, and might Eagles be good legend. enough to, yeah, and might be good enough to beat the the Washington Football Team regardless. Um, but uh, I'm excited to watch Alex Smith. That's another good storyline. He's going to start um, in replacement of of Kyle Allen, who had uh, a very gross looking injury similar to what Dak had. So hopefully he 
you know, recovers fully and, and can, can get back to things next year. But, um, you know, I'll be excited to watch Alex Smith and hopefully Matthew Stafford. And that could be a, an interesting quarterback duel. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Lions have good weapons and ultimately I'm, I'm going with them. Um, the Washington football team just hasn't been playing very well on either side of the ball. Alex Smith started very hot, um, was throwing some dots and then sort of fell apart at the end. And he, he looks clearly rusty to me and, and just sort of needs more, more reps and more live game experience to sort of get back in the groove of things. So for the moment, I'm taking the Lions 27 to 23 over the Washington football team. Let me start out by saying Akeem Tlaib might be the person I least want to hear from do an NFL game. <laughs> like, that guy does absolutely nothing for me, but hey, you never know. Uh, if Stafford plays, I don't think it will be close. So I have 31-17, assuming Stafford plays. If Stafford plays or doesn't play, uh, and it's Chase Daniel, it'll be a lot closer. But the Washington defense, uh, they didn't look that good against the Giants. Uh, who all of a sudden are playing okay, actually, but the Lions are much more high-powered than that Giants team. And to note, Adrian Peterson t- said today he will make the Washington football team uh, kind of not, I don't know how to say his way he said it, but he'll be, they'll become mad that they let him go because he was on this team last year, on this team in the preseason, and they let him go for uh, makes sense because they're rebuilding, but he's pissed off about it. So I think he's going to have a good game. He's old, but he can still run. And then you have Alex Smith, who's my guy, but he's not good right now. I mean, he's a back quarterback at this point. Uh, great story. NFL doesn't hand out participation trophies, though. Lions blow out if Stafford plays. Yeah, I don't know how Adrian Peterson's going to make him pay if he's on the sidelines, though. Cause he, played, he, he hasn't, he, he hasn't he, been getting he, the same amount of touches that he did earlier in the season. I mean, he, he was a bell cow for like a game or two, and now he's just kind of in there a little bit. So, eh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we see a big game from him, to be honest. Yeah, that's but. what he says. That's what he says. Listen, you guys covered it. If if Stafford plays, I think this is a hands down. You got to pick the Lions, right? A hands down. Like if Stafford plays, Stafford. I've, I've said this many times. One of the most underrated quarterbacks in this league. Um, I think the organization needs to move on from Matt Patricia, unrelated to this, and bring in uh, a new offensive minded head coach and hopefully some new supporting cast for Stafford while he still is in, you know, early thirties. So I I don't know. Um, if Stafford doesn't play, I'd probably actually switch my pick, to be honest. I might go with Washington football team because I like their defensive front. But Alex Smith, you touched on it, Casey, very rusty, doesn't look ready, needs a little bit more game action. Um, and it's been a long time since he played, so that's expected. And, and it's really actually super cool to see him out there and inspiring. Um, one of the best comeback stories in, in the history of the league, for sure. So, uh, you know, if, if Stafford doesn't play, I think I'm going to pick the um if we if we know by then we may not even know to be honest but if he doesn't play and we know i'll probably pick washington and if he if he does play i gotta pick the lions so i'm gonna say lions for now 24 to 13 get the dub on this one um but yeah that's that's our games of the week that's gonna wrap things up here on episode 64 of the weekly spiral thank you guys for tuning in check us out on our website weeklyspiral.com you can find all our social handles by searching weekly spiral on whatever platform you are looking for us on before we head out of here i want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some of their upcoming content casey you want to let the uh, beautiful listeners know what they should be paying attention to coming yeah well last week i looked at drew Locke since you guys love drew Locke. so this week i figured why not look at lamar jackson and how the ravens are doing how lamar has progressed as a passer is he good is he elite has he has he gone over the hump durgan you got to tune in to find out <laughs>
you know so that'll be oh, out later this week on our youtube channel youtube.com slash weekly spiral uh, it'll look at him as a holistic player so he's you know he's not just a quarterback he can run as well so it's important to take all that into context so i'm going to look what he adds to the run game uh and how he is as a passer and how he's reading defenses and stuff like that as well nice well, if you see a bunch of hate comments coming in, it's probably Durgan on multiple accounts. <laughs> um, so we'll see We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I'm excited for that. And then also just to give Casey a shout out, we talked about Tua a little bit earlier. He did a breakdown on Tua as well. If you're interested in, in learning more about um, the new starting quarterback for the Dolphins, check out our YouTube for sure. Durgan, what about you, man? Anything coming up you want to let people know about? Yes, scouting report on Cameron Bynum from the University of California, Berkeley, right in our nice. backyard. Nice. That's exciting. I always love seeing a Cal prospect for sure. Um, but yeah, this has been a weekly spot production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us and tuning in. Um, we are looking forward to episode 65 next week, and we hope whatever else you get up to in the meantime, it is awesome, and we'll see you next week.